may sound good, but it's actually not good policy, nor is it good politics. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> so. California for a guy named John Delaney, who I'm told is running Get for president. Get the hell out of here! Yeah, who who he is is, you know, not that important, but the fact that he espoused a thoroughly reasonable and moderate left policy and was booed off the stage for it, that says something. As was John Hickenlooper for saying socialism is not the answer. Right. We played that a couple of times already. He got booed like crazy. And then Nancy, when she started talking about anything, people would start screaming impeachment, impeachment. Uh, so it's kind of interesting. California does not represent Democrats all across the country, but uh, the newly minted super importance of California in the process. Uh, California, if you're not familiar with this, uh, moved up its primary. Um, so it's now a factor. Uh, that's I think that's terrible for the Democratic Party. We can talk more about that later. I don't think California still is a factor. I think that's just I don't think it's made much, made much difference. Really? But, yeah. Wow. Uh, we can talk more about that. That goes later, but... against the conventional wisdom. How dare you? Uh, there's a couple of things that are interesting that are going on, though, that if I'm a Democrat, I don't know if I like it. For instance, insurgent Democrats, many of them women, worry a new party policy will block them. A move by House Democratic leaders to thwart party members from mounting primary challenges to incumbents, even in safe Democratic districts, could have unintended consequences. They changed the rules, and all the major... I don't know what you'd call them, um, campaign committees or, or, or organizations that help you get elected mm-hmm. in the Democratic Party have been banned for, from working with a Democrat in, in a district where there's already a Democrat. From and primarying a sitting Democrat. So you can't yeah. primary a sitting Democrat under the new rules, yeah. which is how you got AOC. Yeah. That that the the idea that you know we're going to get somebody new, younger, that this person that's been there for fifteen terms and now is just whatever they are, you know they're so entrenched with all the all the people that give them money and keep them in power. Sure. We want somebody new. Washington mobster, clearly, you, like so many of them are. You can't challenge them under the new rules. That's if I'm a great. Democrat, I don't like that. Yeah, I hope the Republicans oh, no. aren't going to do the same thing. I understand there could be a. Reasonable argument made in favor of the move. Absolutely, th- th- there are, there are reasonable arguments that can be made in in defense of all sorts of idiotic things yeah, you well, can well, do. Just because there's an argument doesn't mean you should do them. One of the reasonable arguments would be is that these primary challenges make both parties more extreme. If you're not super liberal, somebody more liberal comes along and challenges you and takes that seat, and then the same on the right. You 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 worked with the Democrats. You got to get out of here as a Republican, and you get challenged from the right as a Republican. Right. And so our parties are getting more extreme that way. But I just think overall, for the health of a democracy, the idea that you can once you win the seat and it's in your party, the no challenges from your side in these safe districts, you'll yeah. have it forever. Well, I would prefer that the free market of ideas take hold, and and you know it it'll go which way it goes. If it's more divided, more partisan, well then the Free marketplace of ideas will probably get tired of that eventually and fix it. Um, I suspect that this is a bad move by the Democratic Party, and you know, I, I I don't love their policies, so I hope it makes them more brittle and less responsive to the voters, thereby uh, decreasing turnout. That's my hope. Yeah, I, it's I, I understand why they're doing it. Um, well, I wish them luck. 
So, and we, as we mentioned, California moved up their date, and that you know, does that matter too? If you don't live in California, well, it's the way one party is going to choose their nominee to run against Trump, so it makes a difference. So, Californians will start uh, casting ballots on February third. That's the same day that Iowans head off to their caucuses. That's much earlier than usual. In the past. Um, California's come so late in the summer, it's already been determined who the nominee is. And right. Just, there's really no point. So the lead horse gets another, you know, however many delegates. And it's the biggest prize out there. But while the Washington Post uh, led with major change, then they undermined their own argument later in the article by saying California's true impact on the nomination may depend heavily on the results in Iowa and on whether a runaway nominee emerges in the following three contests, so you got Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina, which often, by often, the vast majority of the time, you have a real good idea who's going to be the nominee by then. That's mm-hmm. the way it's worked in the past. Yeah. And so, once again, well, if one candidate dominates those four states, or or three out of four, California would just catapult him further ahead, or her, with a big a delegate victory. And California's voting with... A dozen other Super Tuesday states, so it's not the only prize out there on that big Tuesday. And if you add up all their other delegates, it you know it, it could counterbalance. Yeah. Okay. The problem is, political strategists say candidates who suffer in those first states and lose momentum would really have a hard time turning things around in, in California, because no matter how much um, time or money they invest in the state, they couldn't make a dent in a state of almost forty million people, as big as it is. And with the super expensive media markets. And that um, favors name recognition and the leaders and, and, and really hurts the chance for somebody to come out of nowhere, which is kind That's of clearly true, yeah. which is kind of what, you know, was being leaned toward for anybody who felt like Hillary was the appointed one, anointed one. And then, uh, you know, somebody like Bernie or a challenger couldn't come along. Well, they tried to change the rules, but. This California thing looks like it's the other way around. Yeah, I could It'd see be a benefit to the big name recognition, the big, the big uh, uh, political machine person. Right, right. Yeah, true. In places uh, like New Hampshire and Iowa, people say, you know, unless I've met a candidate three or four times, I don't feel like I know them. Met them. Right. Candidates are going to come to California. You're not going to meet them. No, good lord. You're certainly no. not going to meet them three or four times. You know, I could see, like, uh, if somebody's well-known in California for whatever reason, like a Kamala Harris, uh, she could hang around in third place in all of the early states and then make a big showing in California with its many, many electoral votes and, and, and be kept alive, you know, re-energized, like you get one of them health capsules in a video game or something like that. Um, but, wow, that's interesting. I assumed it'd be a big deal, but yeah, it's well, it's impossible to govern California, and it's impossible to really run in an effective way unless you have zillions of dollars. I understand. I said the same thing years ago when I didn't know any better. Why do you let little states like Iowa and New Hampshire make the decision? Because well, everybody knows bigger <laughs> states are smarter people. Only idiots live in small once, states. Once it's explained to you, it makes pretty good sense that right. it's a focus group to try to figure out who the best candidate is. For the actual idiots in the audience, that was sarcasm. Okay. <laughs> 
And so you get, and the candidates come out in all these towns. They visit every single county in these little states. You go out and watch them in person right. and ask them questions mm-hmm. and get to know who they are. In a great big state like California or Texas or something like that, it's just another person on TV ads. Right. You see 30-second bull-esque glowing ads and or dark, grainy, black and white. Kamala Harris voted in favor of executing children. Um, Not that enlightening. How about, uh, do you want to hear Hick and Looper get booed again just because it's so amazing? Sure. This gives you an idea what uh, what's going on in the Golden State. So you just heard John Delaney, who apparently is running for president, get booed by saying Medicare for all is not a good idea. This is John Hickenlooper. Be clear. If we want to beat Donald Trump and achieve big progressive goals, socialism is not the answer. I was reelected. Hang on a candidate who will help us ride rainbow colored unicorns to our utopia. Boo! I would not have thought. I think we get the gist of it, I think. Um, that That is an attempt to actually boo a guy off stage to yes. where he just decides there's no point to talk. Right. That was quite something. <laughs> it was. Mr. With the President. idea that your your idea is so not wanted here. Yes. Don't waste our time. Get off the stage. And right. I get it. If, if I felt the same way, I, I'd say, why am I listening to this? Guy? Keeping in mind that his ideas are to the left of where we are as a country. But they are so not left enough for the assembled activists there. They boot him off the stage. That is crazy. I would not have thought that denouncing socialism would have gotten booed like that by a major party in my lifetime Mm. a few years ago. Yep. Yep, it is a doctrine of slavery and jealousy and government totalitarian control. It's ugly. It's terrible. If you're a mainstream Democrat all over the country, how how much of a role do you want California to play in choosing the nominee? I would be terrified. Terrifying. Somebody labeled a socialist will lose to Donald Trump. John Hickenlooper is absolutely right yeah. when he says that. I tell you what, and and I'm serious, I think this uh, this metaphor works pretty well. It's not a metaphor, it's a mirror image. Uh, you know, we are both pretty active in the Tea Party movement. Small government, uh, you know, constitutional principles, uh, lower taxes, more liberty. That was what it was all about. Now, if 10%, is that fair? 15%, 20%? Of uh, people who showed up to the big meeting to decide what our our uh, platform was going to be were neo Nazis. I'd be nervous as hell. I'd be thinking, "Well, this is going to doom the entire movement." Right. We we can't have that. And uh, well, I would say if you're a Democrat, w- w- welcome to the new reality. Welcome to Crazyville. <laughs> we got important things to talk about. The rising price of guacamole. Oh, no. With the trade war against Mexico. Get your hands off my guac. Got a school bus driver who blames a, a bad donut for his DUI accusation. I think he, I hear where he's uh, heading with this. I think he swings the way I swing donut-wise. Oh, really? I'm guessing. <laughs> I want to see if my guess is correct. Among other things right. coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. 
Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty, extra large, featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. The Armstrong and Getty Extra Large Podcast, available on the iHeart and Apple Podcast apps or wherever podcasts are given away for free. The Armstrong and Getty Show. school bus driver driving a busload of kids and uh, was apparently intoxicated, which is uh, not cool. Highly uncool. Uh, she miserably failed a field sobriety test when she was pulled over. A little editorializing there. Um, yeah, I haven't seen the video. I, I've seen a few videos over people miserably <laughs> failed. Tiger Woods. Who's the country singer? Randy Travis. Sure. Uh, Glenn Campbell had a rough go of it. Speaking of country singers. Um, some I, of your celebrity uh, Tony LaRusso. I don't believe in looking for amusement in people's worst moments, Jack. But go on if you're enjoying yourself. But that would be miserably failing. Yes, right. Or maybe she's just a sad drunk. She failed and it made her miserable. <laughs> anyway, here's where maybe it gets she interesting. barely failed it, but was miserable. Maybe she's very competitive. Um, when she finally left jail, one would assume sober after a couple days there. Uh, I don't drink, she said. I've not drank in years. She said a donut she ate at the school upset her stomach. That's what caused the unusual driving. My stomach was so hurting so bad that uh, I couldn't drive. I was weaving around. Is that why you flunked the sobriety test? The donut? Sounds like a degenerate drunk who's lying about her drinking, But So what was your theory on the donut? I thought she got a jelly-filled donut, and the jelly-filling had fermented. That could happen. <laughs> I thought that was going to be her ridiculous Maybe story. Maybe that's what happened. Yeah, because we uh, we used to disagree bitterly on this, but we've agreed to disagree. I, I like donuts with filling. They're disgusting. I, uh, and it's not a donut. Jelly-filled. Uh, it's something oh, the else. the Bavarian cream is the best thing. The chocolate oh, and the Bavarian cream in the middle. I couldn't oh, eat one. There's oh, nothing I like better than I a donut in the world. I three. Come on. Went to the donut shop yesterday. I didn't eat anything, but the kids had a, a maple bar. And I said... Um, and you you ate nothing. Yeah. Good man. I, I said, what do you think is the greatest thing on earth to eat? If you, you could eat the one that you're, what's your favorite flavor in the world. And they yes. both came up with something. I said, for me, it's that right there. That donut. Mm. Jelly filled? I won't even eat it. Yeah. Well, that's that's a shame. That's unbelievable. The jelly filled is the top of the... The totem pole of donut achievement, really. It's 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 the it's the splitting the atom. It's the penicillin. <laughs> oh, but you will eat uh, like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So it's not anti jelly. No, I'm not anti jelly. Okay, okay. Doesn't belong in a donut. So. Um, an abomination so, is what it wow. is. So, so you're bigoted. Got a couple of things on uh, uh, cyber stuff: cell phone addiction, cyber hacking, that sort of stuff that we'll get to a little bit later. Oh, speaking of cyber, I find this sort of thing just so interesting. It's, a, it's an ethical, moral, slash legal problem. I have very few regrets in life. Not getting, not going to law school is one of them. Just because I find it all so interesting. I would not want to become a lawyer and argue about the world like lawyers do. 
and created this terrible world we have where insurance companies sue each other over liability and, and neighbors sue each other and the rest. I hate it. I absolutely hate the over-legalized world, but I find these questions interesting. The deep fake thing, where you can make such a realistic video of your face, for instance. I want everybody to picture their own face or somebody they love very much, and their voice doing something and saying something they've never done. And it is flawless. I'm going to eat a jelly-filled donut. That couldn't have been Jack. Right, and then just Jack just eating it, just, oh, lapping up the Bavarian cream and all. And I've heard him say on one. multiple occasions he would never eat a jelly-filled donut. Well, hypocrite. But, and, and they are scary good now. Give it two, three years. They'll be just, it'll take an expert to tell a fake from a real one. And then, wow. Well, Because so, right now we're still at the video makes a huge difference. Point. Yes. You can have a story, kind of gets a little attention. If there's video, oh my God. Oh, I see what you're saying. He did hit her. Right. Or whatever. Right, exactly. NFL player. Video proof is huge. Well, that'll go out the window. Oh, here it is. If somebody uses your face and your name and makes a porn movie with it, not your name, but well, yeah, they'd probably use your name, but your voice, and they make a porn movie, what have they done? Legally speaking, I mean, ethically speaking, it's gross, but why have they, have done they it? defamed? Well, not you, and but say you're <laughs> like a, a super cute uh, ESPN sideline reporter girl, oh, okay. like Aaron Andrews, gotcha. the infamous peeping through the hotel room. They make a porn with Aaron Andrews. What have they done? Have they defamed her? What if it's generally known that's not her? Are they claiming it's not that it's her? Or are they saying, well, that's uh, is that the only question? Somebody says, no, it's fake. It's fake. And then puts it out with her. I mean, what, what, what is that? How do we process? What do we do with legally that sort of speaking? Thing? Yeah. I mean, they using her face without her permission. What if she was in public when they took the image? She had no expectation of privacy. Tell yeah, you what. More on that and Marshall's news coming up on the Armstrong and Getty show. Armstrong and Getty. One of your unintended consequences stories on why shark attacks are up. Um, A couple of stories about cyber hacks and cell phone addiction in the world of tech, among other things that we're going to get into. How about news now with Marsha Phillips? Uh, President Trump beginning a five-day trip to Europe, stopping first in the United Kingdom for a very very elaborate three-day state visit. Before he even arrived, Trump got caught up in another dust-up, causing him to take Twitter to deny calling Meghan Markle Prince Harry's wife, nasty, during an interview. This is politics for dumb people. Enjoy. In an interview with Britain's The Sun, he's tweeting, I never called Meghan Markle nasty, made up by the fake news media. They got caught cold. Will they apologize? I doubt it. Now, this is the clip from the interview with Trump. Are you sorry not to see her? Because she wasn't so nice about you during the campaign. I don't know if you saw that. I don't. I didn't know that, no. Yeah. I didn't know that. No, I, I hope she's okay. Uh, I did not know that, no. She said she'd move to Canada if you got elected. Turned out she moved to Britain. Well, that would be good. There are a lot of people moving here. So, what can I say? No, I didn't know that she was nasty. 
There you go. That's that's the clip that's causing the dust up. Is it really? Is it, is it really? White really? House. No, it's not the clip that's causing the dust up. It's Trump <laughs> saying that he never said something that we have receipts of. That's what's causing the dust up. Yes, I would agree. It's all ridiculous. The, the son, seriously, some actress who marries a prince, whatever that is, so now is royal, whatever that is, said stuff in the past, who cares? God, the whole thing is just, it's a miasma of stupid. I also like how which is, excellent. which is the name of my interpretive <laughs> dance show about my early life. I also like how all of journalism now is just trying to set up a fight. And they do it as much on Face the Nation as they do it anywhere else. They get somebody on there, they say, Trump said this, or you said this about Trump, and then he said this. So now what do you say? It's just, it's all setting up a fight. No exploring the, the details of a story or policy or anything. Just setting up a fight. Scar- <sighs> scary moment for a candidate over the weekend. A man rushed the stage and grabbed the mic during the Democratic Candidates Forum in San Francisco. It happened as Senator Kamala Harris was speaking at the event. Not everyone works for a corporation. Yes. And a big... Ex- oh. Hey, hey. Hey, 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 Okay, it's okay, folks. It's okay. People have their own wow. big ideas. So the uh, the great gathering of uh, Democratic activists in California has two moderates being booed off the stage for right. suggesting socialism isn't the answer, and a lunatic snatching the white mic away from Kamala Harris. Yes, uh, I think we could use that for something. The whoa, 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 hey, 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 whoa, whoa, hey. <laughs> Seems like we could use that for something. That is good. Boeing dealing with another problem with its 737s. The FAA said hundreds of the grounded 737 Maxes, as well as earlier generations of the 737, were built with parts that were improperly manufactured. Ah, well, you're nitpicking now. Now you're just looking for things to complain about. Boeing is asking companies that fly the planes to inspect parts on the leading edge of wings that could be defective. The FAA says the parts could fail, but such failure wouldn't likely result in a crash. There was a long story over the weekend. Boeing built deadly assumptions into 737. Um, and it was kind of interesting just about the way it's so easy to picture this happening. It, there was a change late in the, in the, in the process. And everybody had their own individual departments, and the word never got out to everybody else, and they moved forward the assumptions that were things were the same, but they made a change here. No oh boy. And just, it just, it's just an information thing, and it's, right. it's not surprising that could happen. It's just that when it happens with an airplane, as opposed to your sales plan, uh, planes crash and people die. And now, in retrospect, people are looking, oh, you changed that? I had no idea you changed that. I wouldn't have made the thing work like this if I'd have known this worked like that now. You didn't tell me. That's a little scary. Yeah, Yeah. it is. Google, you think there'd be like an automatic uh, exclamation point email that goes out to everybody. Hey, uh, wing engineering just changed the shape of the wing. So the guys over in engines are saying, they what? (laughs) That's not good. No. Google's looking into the cause of a huge outage that affected websites and apps across the world on Sunday. 
The company described it as a network congestion issue on its cloud service. Almost every Google web service like Gmail, Google Drive, and Google Hangouts were offline for hours. YouTube went down. Doing humanity a favor. YouTube went down, as were apps and websites that use the Google Cloud, like Snapchat. And uh, also, we've heard that Apple stores some of its information on the uh, Google with Google. What? Yeah, that's what we're. That's what I've heard. Uh, there's a lot of Google, Amazon, and Microsoft are essentially the big three in terms of the cloud services. Right. There, they they do business with other people, and the businesses essentially just use their web services to do a lot of their stuff. I didn't know uh, that. I thought Apple's cloud was completely separate. Uh, I, yeah, I, Google. I, Google it. <laughs> Google the iCloud? It's yeah. shocking how many companies that you would think would be independent rely on Google and Amazon for their web Google services. Google it. Keeping in mind that Google makes uh, Amazon and, and Facebook look like punks when it comes to gathering your data and selling it. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, in one of the world's, or years, rather, most anticipated tech events, Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference kicking off today, and it is set to deliver a preview of what the tech giant has in the store. The developers will be getting a glimpse at uh, what Apple's got up its sleeve Fantastic. for its next software release. I'm thinking of an app that you can, on your phone, without actually yep. a deck of cards, play solitaire on your phone. That's my app idea. I'm going to work with a developer. <laughs> See how we can get that going. I'm on my, my, my Golden State Warriors striking back at the NBA Finals. They took game two, 109 to 104 in Toronto. Clay Thompson led Golden State with 25 points before he had to leave in the fourth quarter. And he was hobbling injured. after the game. He could yeah. barely walk. I tell you what, one of the, the starters, the, the Warriors, uh, Andre Iguodala, it was surprising he was out there at all and surprising he was able to finish the game. So mm-hmm. I'm telling you, they better be glad it's not a nine-game series because I think they may run out of guys. Seven-game series now tied up at one apiece. Game three is going to tip off on Wednesday in Oakland. And among the crowd, President, uh, former President Obama was uh, there getting a standing O as he came into the room. Or Obama! The- Show us the long-form passport before you get back in the country. <laughs> huh? That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Maybe I'll call it Tech Corner. I've got stuff about uh, cybersecurity, about apps, about phones, about hacking, about all kinds of stuff. A couple yeah, of little right. nuggets for you. Tech Corner. What do you think of that? Mm-hmm. We'll have a little... Mm, uh, it's not bad. We'll have an image thing of like a computer or something. Or... Yeah. Corner is not a very techy sounding word. Hmm. Tech Hub. Te- oh, wow. Tech Web. Tech. A hub might be as good as it gets. Computer S. That's what I would call it. <laughs> Winner. <laughs> there you go. That's next. Armstrong and Getty. Because four hours of live radio just isn't enough. The Armstrong and Getty One More Thing podcast now available on the iHeart and Apple Podcast apps. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Start here. Oh, I got hacked. I don't know. How would you even know how it happened? I uh, got a $7,000 charge from Verizon. So I got a little note on my mm. phone. Said, did you just make a $7,000 purchase at Verizon? I said, no. No, I did not. Hmm. Uh, so somebody got my 
credit card info somewhere. Plain old sort of analog stole the number when I gave it to a waiter or or hacked into my phone. Who sure. Knows? Who yeah. knows where it came from? What's but. crazy is that would be only seven iPhones. You know. Yeah. Maybe right. you're a very generous man. Uh you you might want to go back and look for smaller like forty, fifty dollar charges that you weren't yeah. aware because a lot of times oh, they'll do yeah. little test purchases to see if the cards actually works before they see go if you're with the awake. big one. Yeah. yeah, there was a like dollar fifty charge at Verizon before the seven thousand dollar charge to see if it works, I guess. But anyway. Uh, percentage of U.S. businesses reporting a cyber attack in the pla- in the past twelve months. So, uh, percentage of U.S. businesses any cyber attack in the last year. A year ago, a little over a third would have said that. Now it's over half. Over half of U.S. businesses have had a cyber attack in the last year. Hmm. And I got to assume that it's going to grow at roughly uh, that same crazy rate, where it's just. It's it's as much as you're running your business as having locks on your doors and uh, keeping an eye on your employees from stealing office supplies. And those are just, just the ones. Ever- that, those are just the ones that know about it. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Which you know, a good hacker, a good hack attack. You never know what happened. A couple other tech notes for you. Your top paid iPhone app. So I'll, I'll pair this with a story that I came across the weekend because it got some attention on our show last week about. Um, your Apple iPhone having all, you know, telling all kinds of people all kinds of stuff about you. Wall Street Journal looked into that. Their take on it was your iPhone is the most private smartphone you can buy until you download an app. Then yeah. it all changes. Wow. Luckily, I have none of those. I just make phone calls, send texts. Um, uh, that's, uh, yeah, uh, that's probably worth a read. Yeah. Your top paid iPhone apps. The only reason I bring this up is it's a different ones most every week when I look at this top five list. You only buy an app once for the most part, and you got it. So, you know, things aren't going to hang around the top unless lots of people are really buying these. Mm -hmm. Like Facetune, which is always in the top five. Oh, yeah. More and more people continuing to buy Facetune. That's the app where you can... Alter reality. Alter reality. Mm -hmm. And I Make pictures of you look better than you look. I I bought it and had it for about a month to mess around with it just to see what it was like, and it is so easy to do. It is so easy to just slightly thin yourself, and you look so much better. Mm. It just kind of just brings you in just a little bit. Same with your face, just a tiny bit. And you wouldn't notice, nobody would notice, but you just you look a lot better. And p- apparently enough people do that, that it's one of the top-selling apps every single week. Um, and one more tech note. 38% of teens feel like their parents are addicted to their own smartphone. So, Thirty-eight percent of parents look at their parents and say, "I think you're addicted to smartphones," which is, uh, I've often wondered, that's going to make my argument more difficult when I'm telling my kids not to look at their phone all the time when they've grown up with me looking at my phone all the time. I try to make it clear to them on a regular basis: I am reading a book, I am reading a newspaper. That helps. I'm not just messing around. Sometimes I'm messing around, but a lot of times I'm reading a book. Mm. I'm sitting here on the couch reading a book, which we normally would have considered a good. Uh, what do you call that when you're doing stuff that you're mm. modeling? Sure. Yeah. Um, it would be good modeling. Yeah. Boy, my mom and dad read a lot. Right. But if, I want to be like mom and dad. But if everything is. Staring at their smartphones but like if, idiots. But if everything is just staring at a phone, then yeah. they can, you know, throw in whatever else they're doing. Yeah. At the phone. I you don't know, know if it's going to make any difference. It's, it's funny, and I'll bet there are a lot of married couples like this. I see people, particularly groups of young people, out. And they're all staring at their phones. I mean, they're hardly interacting with each other, and it makes my heart sad. Or you see a couple walking down the street together, but they're not together. I mean, they're physically together, but they're staring at their phones. 
So Judy and I, like married couples all over the place, a little less so since our kids have scattered to the four winds uh, those, as far away as they could get, but those that's in- a story for another day. <laughs> those instances you mentioned, those people are probably not reading a book. They're probably just messing around. <laughs> yeah. Or texting other people or whatever. Yeah. Who knows what. But um, so like many busy married couples, when we go out to dinner, one thing we do is compare calendars to make sure we know where each other, you know, just just for practical reasons. Um, And so we'll both bust out our phones. And I always feel so guilty. I feel terrible. In fact, I've said to waiters, we're not that couple. We actually love each other. We're just getting our calendar synced up. We're just comparing notes here. Where I'm not texting my buddies and she's texting her girlfriends and stuff. We have a very strict rule against that. Strict verboten. Put your phone down. But I feel guilty whenever we do that. I was uh, with my kids at the donut shop yesterday. There's a Chinese restaurant next door in this college town I live in. And I just saw groups and groups of college kids coming and going. They all were staring at their phone as a group together. Yeah. Staring at their own phone. It's Weird. interesting. And I, I, I was just thinking, me, when I was their age, we all would have been completely engaged in either each other or looking around the world or whatever. And then engaging and, each other on what you see. And sure. none of them are. Right. I mean, it's gone from everybody was engaged with each other in the world mm-hmm. to none are. Laughing, wisecracking, comparing notes, sure. It's yeah. interesting. It's it's beyond interesting. It's fundamental. Uh, where it will lead us is not a happy place, I don't think. If you're a group of college kids, you're, you're five guys going to go out to, to eat, would you be uh, mocked or booted out of the group or whatever if you said, how about we none of us look at our phones? We just walk down the street tonight without looking at our phones. Does that, is that ever just happen? not even cool? Have you ever addressed that in your group? Be you young, medium young, or youngish? If you're a 20 year old and you said that, would you just be a lame old? I don't know. I'm asking the folks. Uh, you can email us mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com or text us 415 295 KFTC. I'll tell you. Preferably text us while you're out with a group of friends. Screw them. I tell you, I have. <laughs> I have been in this situation where I get out my phone because everybody else is looking at their phone, and I feel kind of weird here sitting just looking around. I've done that before. I get out my phone because I, I just, you nobody's well. looking at me. Nobody's talking to me. I feel I just feel like a weirdo. It's made me sad. Yeah. Yes, Sean. I feel like we need a different vector on whether it's good or bad rather than if your your friends make fun of you. Because I don't know about your group of friends. But it doesn't matter what it is. Somebody's getting made fun of. I don't. I don't have any friends. So just for the sake of argument, <laughs> right. yeah, that's that's, that's a poor, <laughs> poor illustration. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you show up with some jeans that we hadn't seen before. We're just ripping those apart and, and roasting you in the process. Oh yeah. So not that kind of making fun of. Just like you know, serious. That dude. No, shut up. No, we're not putting away. What are you even talking about, <laughs> man? Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, you made my heart hurt. Thanks. I'll start doing that. I'll start. Uh, I'm going to start calling people out on it. Be like, hey, there's people here. I'll see what happens. Yeah, I would. I would be yeah. interested in the reaction. Like, yeah. are you a real wet blanket? Like, wh- who invited? Who invited their our mom to show up, or something? <laughs> right. Cut to four months later. Uh, it was 2019 when people stopped inviting me places. <laughs> So back to tech library or whatever you were going to call this. What, what was I'm it? done. I think I'm done. Tech yeah, Hub. Uh, so I was talking about deep fakes a little bit earlier and uh, the, the idea of making porn with your face on it or somebody's face or body or whatever. Um, well, th- your body. Well, if they're using your body, you were doing porn. So that's, 
that's less of a concern. Um, but uh, and and the ability to generate entirely fake voices, not the funky. Uh, chopped up, edited, like Trump saying Armstrong and Getty. Um, no, but actually synthesizing your voice has gotten to a scary point. And uh, we we're talking about porn and ethics and lawsuits and the rest of it. But one note from this article that I didn't get to is that DARPA, the, the super experimental defense department labs, is spending many millions of dollars on media forensics to thwart deep fake videos partly for Defense Department purposes, because they have to be able to know what's real, you know, when people are fighting and dying, but also, and I'd be really interested at the nexus of this, whether the CIA is funding this or or who, um, but there's a great deal of concern about these deep fakes being used to undermine democracy. Oh, there's so many problems that could happen. I mean, you can easily come up with, so Saudi Arabia gets us a video of here, hey, we, we got this video. Iran's loading weapons onto ships. Is that a real video or not? We got to be able to tell before we, you know, get you know in what? a dust up with Iran. That one is so easy. Please, you change labeling on uh, the only missile that's really visible in a quick freeze frame. You change the flag on the ship. God, if you can synthesize somebody's voice to the point that it would fool almost everybody and synthesize their face in motion. To the point where, at, at you know, now make the lighting not 100% great. Or make it from just a little bit of distance. And then you could fool anybody with it. If you could do that with voices and human faces, which were deep in our genetics designed to recognize. Doing that with a boat and a flag would be effortless. Boy, that's scary. God, and then the next step is nobody believes anything or you're skeptical of everything. And so Saudi Arabia hits you with... We got a video of Iran loading missiles onto ships. Here's a video of the Ayatollah saying they're going to attack Israel. What do you need to know? Eh, right. I'm not sure that's real. Or attack eh. Connecticut, for that matter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why would you attack Connecticut? For their sins. <laughs> they have it coming. Connecticuters. They're, they're strange ways. I hate ESPN. They're going right for the Bristol headquarters. <laughs> Wait, it's falling apart on its own. <laughs> <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.